0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's
1: John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back, and today is, what's, what's today, Thursday? Today is, it's been an action-packed week, John. Oh, my God, one more day to Friday, and then we can say, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> thank God, and you had a busy and day, by the way, already. Very, very, busy day, but let me just, uh, let identify, we have a full studio today. we got Judge Richard Weinberg, we have Ed Cox, past chairman of the GOP, and possibly future chairman of the GOP, and we'll talk about that. And our governor, David Patterson, and past uh, chairman of the Democratic State Committee. Past? Past? Maybe future. Uh, no. Never. <laughs> Never. He's You're like, smarter oh, I don't <laughs> By the way, it Rita
2: Cosby, thrilled to be with you guys, and and you know what, we do have a full house today. Um, by the way, it is Judge Richard Weinberg's birthday. Happy Everybody, birthday happy birthday to you! How great is that? How old are you now? He looks great for twenty-one. He's not talking. That's not, not bad for
3: one hundred ninety-seven. You're legal, years. right? You're legal. I am, I am legal.
2: Okay, great. And by Thank the way, you guys had an you guys had an action-packed uh, lunch today.
3: Uh, you bet it well,
2: was. A, Ed Cox was there.
1: I was there. Go ahead, Ed, Patrick, tell us.
4: Patrick McHenry was there, the chairman of the Financial Services Committee in Washington. Uh, Michael Lawler, a real up-and-coming star in Congress, was there.
1: And it was at uh, Mr. Greenberg, Hank Greenberg's office. And Rupert Murdoch was and Rupert there. Rupert Murdoch was there, and I was glad he came over to me at the end of uh, of the uh, meeting, and he said to me, "John, I want to thank you for your support of the New York Post." Uh-huh. About
2: that. Wow, wow. There are, of course, there's been so many headlines about everything going on with uh, with Fox these days, so many stories. I love murder. He was my boss for 10 years, so I I know Rupert very well. Good guy. Well, I tell you, he looked in
1: great shape.
2: He's amazing. And and,
1: uh, Hank Greenberg,
2: I think, is 97 or 98.
1: He was in great shape.
2: Shape. That means, Judge, you have 40 more years to catch up with either one of them. Well, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, also Bill Rudin was there, right? And Keith Banks, right? Vice Chairman of Bank of America. Yes, yes. Full House. You know, one of the things.
1: We were trying to find out from the uh, uh, committee, uh, uh, the banking committee. Is he on the banking committee? Um,
4: Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. The, he's on the financial services. Yes, committee. financial services
2: yeah. committee, and to find out what the heck is going on in Washington and how how they're going to handle it. Well, speaking of Washington, uh, this was a stunner. Uh, it was like surprise, surprise. President Biden actually blocking a bill that would have sort of loosened, uh, basically, you know, uh, punishments on criminals. This is the DC crime bill. Uh, I hate to say it, but thank goodness he is blocking it. For once, is it, Biden well, is getting tough he, on crime. Well, he didn't, he, he didn't want his employees <laughs> to get beat up. He actually blocked the, uh, he actually did
5: not um, change the bill that Congress, Congress can step in because it is the District of Columbia. It's not like a run like, like a state. And when they jumped in, um, they wanted to block what the District the local of Columbia council was doing. Council did, right. And Biden is allowing them to do it. So he right. didn't actually take an action. As much as he's not taking one, and it's something that's uh, a little uh, different than what he's been doing lately.
3: Well, it's very good for the citizens of the District of Columbia because this was a ridiculous law. It would be an all-no-cash-bail process in the District of Columbia. No, no penalties. Everybody gets let loose. And Washington is a high-crime area anyway. This would only worsen a dangerous situation, Governor.
4: We Absolutely. in New York know it doesn't work. And by the way, speaking
2: of crime, you guys, uh, this has been shocking. What we have seen of late, uh, first off, uh, St. Louis, this was horrible. Broad daylight, 10 a.m. A guy comes over, tries to shoot a homeless man. It happens, I think it was 10 in the morning. The gun doesn't, doesn't go off. Then he does it again. And kills this homeless man. Then we got a stabbing a in New On 57th Street in New York in front of the Brooklyn Diner. Yeah, some homeless person, they believe, came over with a sharp object, stabbed a woman in the shoulder twice. Seriously, a random attack. What is going on with our city, you guys?
3: That's the urban nightmare. The That's random it. attack by the mentally ill.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, joining us now to talk about, obviously, a lot more than that, crime, but also money and everything else, is Steve Moore of More Money on WABC Great Economist. Uh, Steve, I, you know, we've been talking about just the impact of crime. So many cities, first off, are just losing so much money. Businesses are losing money. There's a big headline today. Who wants to live in these crime-ridden cities?
6: Well, Rita, it is it is a disgrace what's happening in our big cities. And, you know, I'm from Chicago, and uh, I said this the other day on your show. I'll say it again uh, Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Finally, Lori Lightfoot is gone. <laughs>
1: wait, wait, where's oh, that, is that song? Ding Dong, Witch
2: is Dead? Yeah, we're going to pull that. That was a good song. Oh, that's a though. good one. That was there a good one. <laughs> and,
6: and, and the reason she lost, by the way, Rita, is because people were sick of being shot at when they're walking down Michigan Avenue to, to to shop. And people were, you know, and by the way, who the people are being killed in the cities? They're African Americans, they're Hispanics, they're lower income people. Uh, you know, John Castamides knows this better than anyone. When you have high crime, that's a tax on the people who live in these cities. Uh, we've got to do that. Those kids, about those black
1: out. kids getting shot are never going to be able to grow up and live. The life they deserve to live.
4: And the progressives don't care. And by the
2: way, in Chicago, a cop was shot this week. Shot and killed. Leading
6: causes of death of young people now. You guys know this. You know what it is, uh, John and Rita. It's fentanyl. Drug overdoses. What are we doing to our kids? We're poisoning our kids. We're not making the streets safe. We're not sending them to schools that are performing. If the schools and and the crime, if you improve the schools, and get rid of the crime, and get rid of the drugs on the cities, I think American cities like New York and Chicago and San Francisco can make a great comeback, but not until then. Well, that. Well, let's see that what happens to Chicago. What, the meetings, should be the mayor of New York. Uh, we let's agree. Let's see what happens to Chicago.
1: We got uh, the, the, Paul Valor, who was on our show yesterday, got 34% of the vote yep. in uh, Chicago. The number two person... I uh, a guy named Johnson is worse than Laurie uh, L- Lightfoot. Yeah, he pushed and to world. defund and, the police. And he wants to defund yeah. the police. So this go. is good against evil, which who will win? I mean, this really <laughs> comes down to April 4th is the Chicago election. If you know anybody in Chicago, call them up. Tell them good yeah. has to triumph over evil.
5: Uh, well, you can't more, call you know, a lot I'm of the people there.
6: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm from Chicago. Is I love the city. I, I mean, go I back and vote off heart. it. <laughs> but you know what? You're so right. This this guy was asked uh, Johnson. He was asked about shoplifting. What do we do about shoplifting? He said, "Oh, don't blame the shoplifters." Blame society. Blame the rich white people. Blah, blah. What's, what's he talking about? You got You can't have people going into stores, John. You ran a grocery. You own grocery stores. You have people running the grocery stores and stealing things. And, and I'm not going to
1: mention any names,
2: but there's some people that said, "Give the man a chance." On yesterday's show. Yes, and by the way, you know the other thing that happened, Lori Lightfoot, of course, who, thank goodness, got the boot. Remember when all those stores were having the flash mobs? She blamed the stores. She's like, well, obviously they need better security. I mean, this yeah. guy sounds worse than she is. So pray for Chicago, Steve.
5: I like that, Rita. Well, you know, Lori Lightford right got the, the boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Whoa. See, Whoa. Uh, that's a good lie. Whoa. One, see the gov right I mean. picked up on it. I, I was trying to see who is the sharpest one in the studio. I was trying to figure it out.
3: Easily the gov. <laughs> yeah, I didn't
2: see the guf. Now, now
6: there's a big controversy. We like we have to give up on cities. But uh, you know, look at what Rudy Giuliani did when he took over New York, and people thought, "Oh, you know, New York is sick for good." And with the, what, John, within a two years, that city was the most amazing,
1: vibrant city we had in America. So Rudy, we can bring life to our cities, but you Rudy, need common sense. Yes. Now, let me ask you a question. You're yeah. you're the financial economist, so yeah. there's a big argument in Washington. Some people say it's going to be a quarter point increase in. In interest rates, some people say a half. Which way are you leaning? Oh, my God, that's a tough question, John. I
6: think they're going to do 25 and then 25 again. Flip a coin. The inflation dragon is not over. We got a bad inflation report. By the way, every time I come on your show or I do Fox and I say, you know, we got 6% inflation, people yell at me and they say, what is he talking about? The inflation rates, 12%, 15%. Have you been to the grocery store? Have you been to the gas pump? So, Rita, I say, you know, Americans, the things that they buy, those are the things that are up by 10%, not 6%.
2: And it's going to get worse. Some of the new numbers that just came out a couple hours ago, Steve, it's like it's going to get much worse. This is just the beginning when you go to the grocery store. It's, it's cheaper to eat out. Look at
1: a, a blue sky. <laughs> this is...
2: There's a blue sky out there someplace. Where is it,
1: Steve?
6: Well, I'm going to say this very clearly. We are spending trillions and trillions of dollars, too much money. We've got to control. The reason that prices are out of control is our government spending and the government debt is out of control. I'm with McCarthy on this, Uh, John. I don't know how you feel about it, Rita, but I think we've got to take a tough line on this budget. We've got to take a chainsaw out of this excessive spending and stop the trillion-dollar spending bills.
1: Well, I think we should drill, 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 and uh, yes. bring down yes. oil down to $65 a barrel instead of 75 yes. and guess yes. what?
2: Inflation will go away.
6: I love it. Yeah, why why are not, why are more that.
2: people not talking about that, Steve? I mean it's interesting because John says it all the time, and it makes so much sense. All of it goes back to opening the spigots, and this president won't do it. It is shocking, and I'm actually surprised more Americans aren't fed up about that because clearly it all goes back to that. Think about how much more money we'd have if we opened the spigots if we were selling right now, we'd have a squeeze on russia, we'd have a squeeze on China. What are we doing?
6: Yeah. And by the way, if we had taken the John Kastamides, Donald Trump approach on energy, we would I don't think Putin would even be in Ukraine right now. Do you?
2: I agree. I one thousand. Yeah. I, I think first of all, I don't think he would have uh, because Trump wouldn't have said minor incursion to open up the door, Steve, yeah. too. Steve, well, But
6: also, you, you know, Putin would not have had the money to do it. We're John, we're putting money into the hands of Putin. That money should go into the American producers, the American economy. Why are we putting money in the Russian economy? Makes no sense.
3: Steve, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to ask you. Uh, Hi, Richard. How are you? I want to ask you about uh, what's going on. There was great success in Congress against this uh, woke ESG pension yes. gambit where they let them off the hook for breaching their fiduciary duties to make the, the best investments with the least risk. It's now passed uh, both the House and Senate. It's going to the president's desk for signature. Would you explain to the people the significance of what they were trying uh, to do with the, the ESG investing?
6: This is a big one, Richard. I'm so glad you brought this up. I mean, this is ripping off Americans and their pensions. This is people's retirement accounts that are being uh, depleted because the left wants everybody to invest in green energy programs and so on. And by the way, John, do you know what the top three producing stocks were last year? Tell me, tell me. Ex- Exxon, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, and-, and these are the exact
1: companies that these mean You mean, you mean the, the people at Exxon are going to vote for Bill- Joe Biden again? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How stupid is that? But my point is they're
6: divesting in the stocks that are doing the best. And
2: making
3: you invest in the bad, bad
6: ones. That's the worst. Right. right and the ants.
2: And they don't want to reinvest uh, in oil and gas right now because they don't know where the future is with this president. Yeah, But the trouble,
3: Steve, is that the Congress led by the Republicans in the House and the Senate with a couple of Democrats, I believe, in each party supporting it, some common sense legislation to stop this. Biden says he's going to veto it. So then we're back to the fact that these rules will be in place, which allows them to breach their fiduciary duties. And people on pensions and deferred comps are going to lose billions of dollars.
6: You're 100 percent correct, my friend. And that means people are going to get lower pensions. And I'll tell you this, when Americans start to see what they've done with their pensions, I see I say put pensions over politics.
2: Yeah, one thousand percent. Steve Moore, you are great. Thank you for joining us. uh, The great host of More Money.
6: I'm going to get three copies of John Castamini's new book. That means you're going to make three billion dollars. You're going to make three billion dollars. By the way,
1: uh, we checked uh, the (laughs) statistics today. Uh, Nick Katsouris came over to me today. You know what he said? Yeah, the numbers When's are wonderful. The number we our my book, it's only been out two days, is number 86 of the top
2: 100 lifetime. Oh. Wow. Oh. By the way, you guys, I don't want to just be John's co-host. I want to be his agent. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> just buy his book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i got right. to figure out what the next book is then. Oh, my goodness. That is a hot book, everybody. We'll do a prequel. Yeah. Oh, that would be about good. About my mom. Oh, that. By the way, that's your mother is a great. That's a great story. A,
3: that's a great story. And after we do that book, we have to do the movie. Okay, let's
2: buy We got a, it ready. We got an attorney, got, I think we can buy a us. movie company. That could be fun. Hey, we're, I'm game. I'm game. Would it be called uh, Cats and Cosby Pictures? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be the girls of Hot Dog Beach. Hey, there you go, Coney Island. Thank you so much, uh,
1: Steve Moore, and uh, we'll can talk to you again real soon. And we'll be listening to you on Saturday at one o'clock to two o'clock. Make sure you talk more and more money
2: with steve moore absolutely and coming up everybody we have the indiana attorney general who's going to be talking with he has rallied all the attorney generals across the country the gop ones bill brown the border to tell us about what the heck is going on with our uh, city and jim jordan we have an action-packed show everybody al damato much more on cats and cosby
0: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby, Cats and Cosby on seventy seven WABC.
2: And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We got a great guest coming up here, John. Uh, We've got the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. Uh, a Hoosier. And he's, by the way, he has been on the front lines of a lot of big fights. Uh, he also got all the GOP, basically attorneys general, uh, to go after some of these border issues and also has been very big into Black Lives Matter going after some of the questions there. Uh, we are so thrilled to have here on the show uh, Attorney General Todd Rokita. Attorney General, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: guys. Great to hear you. I'm, I'm pleased to be with you and hope uh, I get to come back sometime. So we'll see. We'll see how I well, do. tell you.
1: us what, the, what what are you doing right now to protect our country? And I understand you, you're you're gathering on the rest of the attorney generals and uh, and, and to take a stand yeah. on certain things.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's it's unfortunately like drinking from a fire hose. Um, we are suing the Biden administration nearly I mean, Jesus, almost on a weekly basis these days, but uh, fighting against wokeism everywhere we find it, whether it's in the Biden administration or not, um, and really all across our country and in our schools and everything. And and it, you're really nice to say that I'm gathering and I'm leading all the attorneys general, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of days that I feel like the weakest link. I mean, you, you, we have some amazing individuals uh, that are like-minded uh, that are joining uh, from across the country in states. Right, it's not the federal government, it's not Congress, it's not the U.S. Senate, it's the states, and particularly uh, certain attorneys general on any given issue, anywhere from ten to twenty-five of us uh, that band together for these David and Goliath battles because they are David and Goliath battles. Whether you're 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 fighting BlackRock, whether you're fighting uh, the federal government uh or the left itself i mean uh you know they are the goliaths attorney
1: uh, so. general we had somebody on yesterday i'm trying to remember rita maybe you'll remember that that advocated that our military should go in just like in the movies and knock out those uh uh those
2: fentanyl plants in mexico and just uh, wipe them off the map yeah what do you say about that mr attorney general why not why not get more aggressive my goodness
0: well, it is a war, and our first step as Attorney killing, General they've that. They've
2: killed 100,000 Americans in the last 12
1: months.
0: I know. I know. Uh, and whether it's our Indiana Guard or or others, we don't have to wait for other states' guards. We would not have to wait for even um, our federal uh, uh, military. We can do some things as states. Now, our first step in that, as I was saying, is to... Um, uh, de- declare, uh, you know, that those plants and the the cartels as as part of the war on terrorism. You know, to declare them as terrorists from a legal standpoint, that needs to happen. So, attorneys general have banded together uh, to make that case.
2: By the way, did you yeah. hear yesterday in the hearing, uh, Jerry Nadler of New York came out and said, "No, it's a public health issue, uh, like like a cough." I mean, yeah. give me a break. Yeah.
0: Look, I, I never had to say this before in public life, uh, you know, until my term as Attorney General, and my second year of a four-year term, and but but, it, but it's clear that there are people in this country who love America, and there are people in this country who hate America and want to bring it down. Before Democrats and Republicans, or conservatives and moderates and liberals, they used to fight on the uh, on the definition of things and and different approaches to get to the same goal. But right now, there are people – it's two camps. It's people who want to save this country and people who want to kill this country. So, uh, and, and, and and you can't you, – you, you're either with us or you're against us. Uh,
4: general Keita, this is Ed Cox. You, uh, this is really exciting stuff for, uh, from a lawyer's point of view. But from uh, the point of view of the state attorney general going after uh, federal laws, how do you get standing in those things? It's always an issue, isn't it?
0: You're right. You're right. Uh, It's difficult. So uh, we are on the the first line of defense or the last line of defense, however you want to look at it, but you're still dealing with a court law in most of these cases. And standing is difficult. It differs on the circuit you're in. In Indiana, we're in the Seventh Circuit, and they have a jurisprudence. They have a lot of court cases that set how they're going to view standing meaning why are you here in court do you have a justiciable claim do you have a real damage those kinds of things other other dis, other circuits it's a little bit easier a little some circuits are a little bit harder uh, but generally you can't just come to court and throw a fit you just can't come to court and complain about something theoretical about happen in the future as as the state's attorney general we have to show that our states right that's my client is the state of indiana are is, is damaged.
2: But every is, state is, is, is a border divided. state now. I mean, look, look at what's happening in New York. We right. have 48,000 migrants here in New York, every right. state, right?
0: You're exactly right, Rita. And that's why Indiana became the first non-border state to file its own individual lawsuit. So we're involved in three lawsuits right now. Uh, Ken Paxson, of course, down in Texas is, is, is a, a real leader in this issue. Uh, he leads most of them. He's the most impacted. Right? Obviously, Texas has standing. Texas has real damage out of it. So we joined with him in lawsuits. who did that twice. And then I filed my own lawsuit because I was able to, as a non-border state, say to the court, look, in Indiana, it costs us $10,000 to educate every one of these uh, illegal alien children that come. And you can be in Indiana within 48 hours of crossing the border of McKinney, Texas, or Del Rio, Texas, or or the Galles Tex or the arizona where i've been to How- all three of these cities and i've seen it myself he's now
1: we, we know we have the border country. problem and it's a serious problem and i said to to rita before that uh, the fact is uh if you try to impeach the uh, homeland security guy he's going to say i took my orders from the president so why are we wasting our time well john let me- what say you uh judge?
3: Mr. Turner, General, this is Judge Richard Weinberg. Andy McCarthy is a former federal prosecutor, most notably for prosecuting the uh, terrorist cases at the uh, World Trade Center, has written a column in the National Review, and he said very clearly the only way we're going to get some real action on the border is a vote on the impeachment of the president of the United States, who's abdicating his responsibilities to enforce and protect the, uh, the immigration laws of this country and defend this country. What say you, Mr. Turner General?
0: Well, you know, I think that's a, absolutely an avenue. But at the end of the day, as we've seen, whether it was the Clinton impeachment or others' uh, impeachment and the removal process is a political process. It's not a legal process. So, having served in the House of Representatives for eight years, I can tell you, you got to know how to count noses, and you're either going to have the votes to remove a president or you're not. It's political at the end of the day. Uh, so the legal processes are those left for the attorney general, and that's why we're in court, again, like I said, nearly every week on these different issues. The clearest remedy, though, you know, aside from impeachment, which is, again, a political process, is the other political process, and that is always the next election. And that's what's concerning there then, of course, is how bad are they going to cheat? Are we going to let them? Or is it going to stop? You know, What do you do with mail-in? These live ballots that are mailed to every name on the voter list, whether they're live or dead. Yeah, that's what not right. Those, that's not right. Ballot collection boxes. What are you doing with this ballot harvesting in states where all this is allowed to happen? In Indiana, we're blessed in that we're pretty good. We don't allow live balloting. We don't allow um, uh, vote har- third parties to collect votes. And we don't allow those boxes that you can deposit all kinds of garbage into. Um, but some states
1: do last question. We're coming up on a break, and I wanted to ask you: You're suing TikTok. Explain yeah. to the average American what the heck is TikTok?
0: So we were the first state in the nation to uh, literally file a lawsuit against this uh, Chinese company that's controlled, uh, like all Chinese and American companies in China, are controlled by the CCP. Uh, what TikTok does? It's an app on your phone, and within thirty years, it's, it's intentionally marketed to kids and what you can do within 30 seconds of your kid getting on TikTok. TikTok is they can learn how to become a stripper. They can learn how to get alcohol. They can learn how to get fentanyl and other drugs. It's absolutely terrible. And also traced by
2: China. I mean, that's the other thing. They can get all your info. That's the scary thing.
0: And I don't even need a spy balloon.
2: Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Attorney General uh, Tokita.
1: Rakita. Todd Rakita. Todd Todd Rakita. We won't get his name wrong. And thank you for everything you do. I really
0: appreciate that. Thank you. I'll see you you next time. Thank Thank you. you.
1: And uh, we're going to go to Lou Dobbs to find out what's going on in the markets.
2: he's your numero uno you're
0: commuting home with cats and cosby now here's john Katz and matitis and rita cosby on 77 wabc
2: and welcome back to cats and cosby rita cosby here with the hot best-selling author john Katz and matitis and of course still with us in studio judge richard weinberg ed cox and also former new york governor David Patterson. And joining us now is former New York Senator, the great Al D'Amato. Uh, senator best D'Amato? Senator, the best senator New York ever had. I agree. What do you guys you think? You bet. Governor Patterson, do you agree? I
7: agree. <laughs> I agree. We had a great senator, and we've worked in a bipartisan manner. and And I want to tell you, that was Daniel Patrick Moynihan. Well, we disagree.
2: We're voting for you. okay, Senator, you know, Senator.
4: By the way, Senator Ed Cox here, he worked for a great president for two years, too, and did a great job on that.
7: Well, let, let me say this to you. We work in a bipartisan manner. And that's what we need today. For God's sakes, we need it more than ever. Don't let the crazies in the right wing of the Republican Party, and they're crazies, and they're crazy. It was a Republican
1: president president he was working for. The
7: Democratic Party run the country. We need
1: common sense.
7: We need to work together. And, And let me tell you something. One of the things we should be doing right now is working in a bipartisan manner. The House of Representatives has in a committee the house committee on china a bill that that could turn things around let's why should we give china what they call the most favored nation trade do, do, do you know what that is john they Tell me. can trade anything they want send in anything they want they and while they discriminate against us we That's can't crazy. Go, and build factories over there, do things. You, you have to have a Chinese partner.
1: We and they're buying up
7: there. all our farmland. They buy farmland next to our military. And they're buying
5: our universities.
7: They they steal our trade secrets. Um, uh, they do things that go beyond. And so uh, let me say this. We should absolutely end this they should not be the most favored nation trade. And and where do you think fentanyl? Most of the fentanyl comes from, comes from China.
2: But our president yeah, isn't doing anything, Senator. He's on the phone with President Xi. He doesn't ask about fentanyl. Doesn't ask about COVID. I mean, what do well, we do?
7: That's i say we need a bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats, common sense people coming together, pass that legislation. And then the president can say to the Chinese president, unless you stop doing these kinds of things, unless you allow our companies to come in and to compete, unless you crack down um, pushing fentanyl out of your country so that it goes into Mexico and other places and comes into our country, I'm going to sign the bill.
1: Governor Patterson, you have something to
5: say, Uh, Senator, it's David Patterson. Over the past few months, it really seemed to me that Democrats in the House and Senate were coming to an understanding that China is a lot more of a dangerous threat to us than they ever thought before. And then after that balloon week or whatever (laughs) was going on. Uh, it seems that everyone's retrenched, and, and it's, I'm very hey, sorry. The to hear vote that.
1: in Congress was four nineteen to zero.
5: Well, no, it was four nineteen to zero, uh, and but but the conversation about yeah. what we should be doing, in my opinion, has slipped back from where it was then.
7: Well, I think you're right, and I think this is the kind of thing that we can use, and we what we'll be doing is giving. To the leader of our nation, the president, the ability to say, look, unless you begin to work with us, unless you begin to drop laws that discriminate us from coming in and and building a company without it having to be a partner with Chinese, unless you stop the flow of, of fentanyl out of your country, Unless you begin to undertake these things, I have no other choice but to drop you from the favorite nation treaty. But and but Senator, I don't
2: but Senator, I don't see our president though doing that. I, I hear you what you're saying about uh, emboldening him.
7: He
2: but he but he, but he doesn't seem to be doing that with China and you brought up fentanyl. Yeah. He's not doing anything with Mexico too. Our border is wide open. I mean it is a well. disaster.
7: He's not going to do it unless Congress, the Senate, and the House, on a bipartisan basis, passes a common-sense bill, and a common-sense bill gives to the president the ability to sign this piece of legislation, and let me tell you what it does. It, It costs China hundreds of billions of dollars. And, and they won't be running a huge trade surplus like they are with the United States today. Over $300 billion a year is their surplus. Uh, and you'll be giving the United States Senator, an
1: opportunity we got, to... We've got yeah, one well, minute left. i got an important question. We've been talking about... We they the uh, fentanyl the Mexicans uh, with the fentanyl from China has killed over a hundred thousand Americans. Should yeah, the should. military be sent in to to wipe out and flatten all those uh, fentanyl factories? Yep. Go ahead. What do you think we should send them in? He answered it into Mexico. Yes. No, I- no, what
7: you should do is put the pressure on the Mexican government to do that. They won't because do
2: it. Can't. They won't do it. They, they won't, won't do it. They were wow. praising President Biden for not finishing one, the wall. I mean, one.
7: Yeah, listen, it's one thing to go into a country, go into Mexico and try to uh, uh, flatten these places. It, it's easier said than done. Uh, but you can put the I kind the of movie. pressure on. You can put the kind of That was a good, good movie. In ways. There are many ways we could put more pressure on Mexico to do it. And I, I, I'd i increase aid to them. I do lots of different things. You can do it. But uh, here, a simple piece of legislation uh, yes. that, that you give the president the ability. He doesn't have to do it. But if he had that ability to sign a bill that would take away the ability of China to just keep – whatever it wants out of his country, to keep exporting whatever they want, including drugs, into our country, I'll tell you, you could get some real concessions.
1: Senator D'Amato, thank you. Thank you so much for continuing to speak out for our country, and let's catch up again real soon.
7: You got it. Thank you. you.
1: And Rita,
2: I understand we got Jim Jordan on the phone. Would you to bring it back? And joining us now is the great Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio, and he is Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, of course, on many others as well. So glad to have you here on Cats and Cosby, Congressman.
8: Good, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having
1: me. Thanks for having me. So do. many, there's so many things going on in Washington, Congressman. Uh, where would you like to start today? <laughs>
8: Well, so many problems in the Biden administration, it's kind of hard to pick one. But I, I will tell you this we were at the border uh, last week down in Yuma, and uh, we saw firsthand what that community has had to uh, live with with the Biden policies. And what we really tried to show at that field hearing, and by the way, this was the most well attended field hearing I'd ever seen, not on the part of the, of, of the members of Congress because the Democrats didn't show up. But uh, a bunch of Republicans were there. But people from the community, they had to turn people away. We had this auditorium in the city council uh, there in uh, Chambers in, in Yuma. They had to turn people away. It was that many people who showed up. And what we really tried to show was why this terrible border policy, intentional border policy of the Biden administration is so bad, why it matters. And I think maybe the most powerful testimony came from the hospital administrator there in Yuma who said that, They've had to turn citizens away, Americans away from the maternity ward. They couldn't deliver their child. They had something scheduled T-section or something. They had to turn them away because there were so many people they were helping. And God bless them, of course, we're going to help. But they were helping illegal immigrants coming across who were, who were delivering children. So they, they would have to go to the, 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 to the Phoenix, fly to Phoenix or drive to Phoenix or go to San Diego or whatever. That's like the, the, the cost to education systems, the cost to the, the sheriff was there testifying. So we saw in a firsthand way just how serious this problem is. And this is something we're going to have legislation for coming out of the Judiciary Committee in the next uh, next several weeks.
2: And uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, it was stunning this week. Um, Congressman Clay Higgins said in the testimony, and I think you were right there next to what he said. Yeah. If I could charge my the Homeland Security Secretary. And, of course, Clay Higgins is a former uh, sheriff. He said if I could yeah. charge him. I would with a crime because of the wide open border. Do you guys feel that way? And the other hand is, too, we also heard from Steve Scalise, who said it is a disgrace that the Democrats aren't showing up at the border hearings. It's incredible.
8: Yeah. No. And remember, this is intentional. So on day one, and, and what Clay, I think, was one of the things that was clear in that hearing that you, with Representative Higgins is the impact of fentanyl. And now every community knows someone, some family who's been devastated, lost a loved one because of this, this drug that's pouring across the border with this open border policy that the Biden administration has. But never forget, this is purposeful. This is intentional. This is deliberate. This is premeditated. What they're doing, they decided on day one, Joe Biden, on day one, January 20th, 2021, Joe Biden Says We're going to get rid of the wall. We're not going to continue building build the wall. Excuse me. We're going to get rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, and we're not going to deport anyone. And so when people are coming here, and you can't fault people wanting to come to the greatest country ever. When they're coming, they know that when they get to the, to, to the border, they won't have to wait in Mexico. There's no wall to get over, and they're going to come, be allowed in the country and not be deported. Well,
1: Shazam, who wouldn't come? Everyone's going to come. And, and, and that's you exactly can't... the situation we have. And you can't impeach the Homeland Security uh, guy. He says he'll say that I got my orders from the president of the United States.
8: Well, there's, there's a look, uh, an, an impeachment decision, John, would be made by the entire Republican conference. That's something we've got to consult with Speaker McCarthy and the entire team. But he certainly warrants it. Uh, the fact that they have just aren't enforcing current law, the fact that they fundamentally changed those policies that were working under President Trump uh, certainly warrant that, but that'll be a decision that we'll all have to make together as Republicans. Uh, if, if we go down that, uh, if we go down that road, we had a we had a sheriff testify in our first hearing in the full Judiciary Committee a few weeks ago, sheriff from uh, from uh, Arizona, and he said thirty eight years of law enforcement. Now understand this contrast: thirty eight years in law enforcement. He said the best, most secure, most manageable the border ever was was under President Trump. He said. The worst, the most unmanageable, the worst, the most open the borders ever been is today under President Biden. So that dramatic of a change, that dramatic of a shift in a two-year time frame just underscores that this is being done intentionally, which is, which is the, the toughest thing to, to, to grasp because it's like, why would our government do this to our country? And, and all the harm that happens to women and children who are coming across and making this journey, I mean, it's like I don't understand why they do it, but it's definitely being done in a purposeful way.
2: Yeah, and the testimony this week I thought was one of the most riveting I've ever heard from those mothers who lost their kids, Congressman. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Congressman Jim Jordan, the other thing, of course, this week uh, was Department of Energy comes out. Also, the FBI director, Christopher Ray comes out. And mm-hmm. says that, you know, likely the cause of COVID-19 was a lab leak in Wuhan. And yet the White House is yeah. like uh, downplaying it. Why are they downplaying it? What are they afraid of China so much? Well,
1: well the other thing that uh, came out in the Washington Post, Arita, reader, uh, was the fact that uh, Christopher Wray, uh, the indication yep. that yep. there was many, many arguments with the Department of Justice on, the, on some of the raids that the Department of Justice wanted to... Uh, uh, to facilitate, whether it yeah. was Trump or whether it's uh, Roger Stone or whatever. Yeah, the Mar-a-Lago raid. I mean, wh- where is the justice in the Justice Department?
8: Yeah, the um, the double standard is, is so evident, whether it's the classified documents issue and how they... President Trump one way and President Biden and that you know I think the Washington Post had a story John where, where they talked about uh, there was this is the term in the Post a shared understanding between the Biden team and 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 the Justice Department on how they would handle that uh, that the, the whole uh, classified documents issue. Well, there was there didn't seem to be any shared understanding to to keep anything quiet when it came to uh, how they dealt with uh, President Trump. So that double standard we see it time and time again, and that's why we're we're looking into how. So many federal agencies we feel have been actually targeted against the American people are targeting the American people uh, versus actually serving the, the, the American people. And so we're going to look at that to the COVID issue. Uh, I mean, think about this. Why, why did they lie about us? Uh, why did they lie to us about the lab leak? Why did they lie to us about gain of function research? Why did they lie to, lie to us about the uh, natural immunity? I mean, th- so many things they told us were not accurate. And the idea that, you know, we're, we're all just we're good, 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 got good common sense as Americans. We're like, we, we figured out this most likely came from a lab a long time ago. But they tried to tell us that it was a, I always, always say a bat to a pangolin to a hippopotamus to Joe Rogan. And then everybody, like, come on, like, who believed that? We all felt this came from a lab. But no, 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 they had a, they had an interest in keeping the key facts from us. The American people. And that's not how our system is supposed to work. And,
1: about. Congressman, the American people, all they want is the truth. i That's all yep. they want is the truth. But I want to thank you for coming on and uh, thank you for everything you do for our country and speaking out for our country. And let's catch up again real soon.
8: We'll do it. Thank you.
1: Well, we're back. And that was some interview. I mean, uh, uh, he's a high ranking congressman. And. Uh, what a mess we have on our hands. What a
2: mess with the border and COVID. And and I loved your question there, John, that you just asked him. Where's the justice in the Justice Department? Well, because that's a big question tonight. Well, With
1: us now is uh, Bill Bratton, one of the best commissioners our city has ever had. Uh, uh, Commissioner Bratton, uh, how are you today?
2: All is well,
9: John. Hopefully the same with you.
1: Now, I understand the city council is going to pay the 300 demonstrators uh, in uh, that, that demonstrated in New York City Twenty-one thousand dollars each. This is for the protest. Is the, there of the any summer twenty twenty? Is there any sanity in the city council?
9: Uh, there is not, and it's not necessarily the city council. Right, in the matters in the hands of a federal judge who's basically handling the case. The city, effectively, uh, the police department can't comment on it because it is uh, being litigated. But the likelihood is that there will be some type of uh, payment made to the. What was basically a group of anarchists who were intent on uh, causing great mayhem up in the Bronx. Uh, The department appropriately sought to prevent that from occurring. Uh, The tactics they used of being challenged uh, was there some uh, uh, inappropriate use of force. Well, that's part of the case. But the reality is that uh, during the George Floyd demonstrations in New York City, the NYPD saved the city from suffering the issues that so many other cities around America face in terms of the widespread looting fires over repeated nights, they were able to shut it down after one night, and largely uh, because of the fact that it had two very highly trained groups, the SIG that the school balls and the city council wanted to uh, disband. The SIG, the Strategic Response Group, is something I take great pride in because I created it during my time as police commissioner. The CRC, the Critical Response Command, also was created during my time. Numbering about 1,000 highly trained officers, specially equipped with long guns, with equipment to deal with rioters and anarchists and dealing with mob looting, uh, they are what the first line of defense is in New York City, and they're necessary. People tend to forget the history of this city, and the history of this city is Continuing disturbances in the streets, and if not for the police, those disturbances would end up in some of the riots that other cities have seen around the country. Now, insanity reigns at the city council, although the good news is some of the progressives are leaving the progressive wing and coming back to center. Uh, But again, we're a long way from uh, restoring sanity at the asylum.
1: Uh, If those progressives don't come back to center, we're going to get them. Look what happened in Chicago, uh, Commissioner. Well, that's true
9: that the mayor of Chicago managed to run that city into the ground, one of my favorite cities, a wonderful city, Miracle Mile. My wife, uh, Ricky, is from there, as you know. And uh, the place uh, is—it's a mess. It's got a police department that's become very dysfunctional. It has some of the highest crime rates, some of the highest murder rates, and it is a mess. Uh, uh, As bad as New York is— at least we've got a mayor here with Adams who's trying to do the right thing, but he's working with a crazy city council and a state legislature that you know all too well. Uh, just doesn't want to listen to uh, how to make the city safe again. So the new mayor in Chicago is probably going to be likely uh, Mr. Ballas. He's got his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, the place is a mess, and it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, for them.
3: Commissioner, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, welcome back to uh, to the show. I want to make two comments. Number one, you're absolutely correct. There is no constitutional right to riot, and the police force acted appropriately to save the city. Lives and property damage was absolutely essential.
1: They were carrying stuff out of
2: Macy's. I mean, uh, I I remember it like yesterday. And they were beating cops, too. I mean, that's the other thing. They were hitting bricks, chairs on cops. Absolutely
3: awful. The the police were acting appropriately,
1: reasonably, responsibly. Let me tell you something. If that judge goes the wrong way, you know... He's going to have us to uh, deal with. Absolutely but, outrageous. And, and the other
3: thing, Commissioner, and you were a key part of this documentary called Gotham, which had to do with the oh, uh, yeah, the, the Manhattan Institute. That's it's right. You were, that's right. The lessons of the are history. there, Commissioner. You and I know that because we were both at oh. City Hall. The lessons were there. It's not hard to bring safety back and sanity back to the streets if leadership will do that. Your comment.
9: Well, unfortunately, it takes uh, uh, political leadership, and with the exception of uh, Mayor Adams, whose voice crying in the wilderness, unfortunately, you don't have it at the city council. You certainly don't have it in Albany. And uh, uh, the reality is that uh, the turnaround in the 1990s was that politics led the way. Uh, I was fortunate to be part of the uh, NYPD during that historic era when crime began to go down for the next 30 years. But then the politicians in Albany in particular screwed it up in 2018 and 19, and we are continuing to feel the effect of it. Uh, I, I don't see things improving anytime soon. Not at all, unfortunately. Uh, that's the reality of it. Um, and uh, around the country, the same story. It's uh, city after city is still reeling from the effects. They want to blame it on COVID, but I'm sorry, the crime crisis in America has been politically created. Some are on the left, some are on the right. There's enough blame to go around. But the only resolution is going to be politics. That's the way we work in America.
1: Well, thank you so much, yeah, thank uh, Mr. Commissioner. Bratton, Commissioner Bratton, for everything you've done for our city. And uh, God bless you. And, and thank you. And keep... keep- Speaking out for our city. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner. And we Great have to have you here. we have breaking news. California Senator Diane Feinstein has been hospitalized in San Francisco. Oh, my oh, goodness. Uh, of course, a senior senator there. what do we stand there. for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. God bless America.